King is what we were created. Man is what we were born. Son is what we were positioned. And Father is our responsibility. Hello, my name is Brian Hines. Welcome to the Man I Was, the Boy I Am podcast. For the first half of the year, I'm going to deal with the man I was. For the second half, I'm going to deal with the boy I am. In this podcast, I'm going to use my real life experiences to unpack man. We don't go through hell for the hell of it. Refined, repurposed, restored. Hello, I'm Brian Hines, and this is the first episode of The Man I Was, The Boy I Am. And I have a special guest with me today. Um, we share a lot of things in common. Today we share a birthday. Actually, um, I like to say happy birthday to my mom because she gave me life. So this is my mom, Pam Hines. Um, very special, special, special woman. She's very important to me. She always encourages me, even now. She calls me and says, hey, how you doing? Just want to let you know I love you. So I appreciate that, Mom. Uh, this being the first day of our podcast, I just wanted to do something that would help the launch, that would help us uh, everyone understand the purpose of what it's all about. So when I think about you, I think about kind of like, I think about a high-end luxury car. If Let's just say I was a high-end luxury car. Um, if I were a high-end luxury car, the only place that I could go for repairs or for maintenance would be back to the manufacturer. And so as we frame this, I kind of want to go in that mindset of you being my manufacturer. I came from you, so you understand me ways that no one else understands me. So I wanted to have a conversation with you. Um, also, not only happy birthday, but happy Mother's Day, because I think it, well, I'm, I made you a mom. By having me, you became a mom. So happy Mother's Day to you as well. There's, um, and also, you know what, we've been talking about have, going out on a date for some time now. I mean, it's been a while. Your schedule hadn't worked with mine, I hadn't worked with yours, but I just think that it was awesome that it was fitting for us to come together today and this be a, a informal slash formal podcast mm -hmm. and date. So, and you spending my, the introduction of my birthday because it's, is here now so this is the first time that I'm spending so um, there's a quote by Mark Twain that I love and it goes like this the two most important days in your life are the day that you were born and the day that you find out find out why I found out some time ago that my purpose in life was to serve also that I was called to man to manhood to fatherhood um, I don't believe it was an accident um, that my father wasn't in my life uh, what I've learned that is in where there's a deficit, God creates a desire. And so I've desired and always wanted to be a father. I've just, it was just a, something that I always wanted to do and I wanted to be good at it. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about myself. You already know this, but for the listeners, they don't know I'm a barber by trade and a clothier. And being that today is February the 8th, one major and very important day um, that's significant is the barber chair was patent on February 8th. 1898 and you you didn't know that mm -mm. you did not know that okay well yeah that's when it was patent so my birthday my trade those things just colliding together I don't think that was a coincidence either so kind of like to look at things like that so let's talk about um, you 
just a little bit about yourself and I guess we can go from the standpoint of um, you had me at an early age whatever you feel comfortable sharing is fine um, what what was it like to have a child at an early age um, I guess in the in that time in that space um, just just what was it like well first of all um, thank you for having me here tonight today on mm -hmm. your birthday thank you for and coming the date that we have mm -hmm. um, and the fact that I am your mom and that God gave you to me um, being your mom uh, or having you at my age of 18 by the time you were born mm -hmm. um, it was at that time and still now I think it was difficult because of the fact that I wasn't married mm. um, and there were some choices that I made that were not the best choices gotcha. and so um, it was a lot of things that happened inside of me I wanted to be a good mom and my mom and dad definitely said that I was going to be the parent that they were not mm -hmm. and so that meant you grow up and you take on responsibilities that you need to do gotcha. and so um, that was what my goal was uh, also I wanted the best for you and so as a mom I thought what can I do and I knew family was important so having our sisters and my brother and sisters and everybody else to help me was important and then um, when your dad died suddenly um, it was a shock mm. to me uh, it wasn't anything I ever expected that I would get married and in less than eight months I would be a widow and not only be a widow, but be a widow with another child. Hmm. So two children mm -hmm. at, um, during that time, and it was hard. Um, I think I blamed myself for a lot of things, mm -hmm. uh, but then I also rejoiced in a lot of things. Uh, so as a mom, it was, it was a little hard, um, but it was always rewarding because I saw that that was the, that I, I like being a mom. Hmm. Um, I like nurturing children. Gotcha. Um, as time has progressed, I realized I didn't nurture as well as I wanted to. Well, at least you don't think so. Uh, but that I, I think you did a phenomenal wanted to job. do better. So, um, and for years, uh, I realized that in order for me to continue to be a mom and to be a good mom, um, there were some changes I had to make in my life. Gotcha. A lot of things happened where I didn't make, again, good choices. Or I made choices that weren't necessarily lined up with the Word of God. And that um, changed my steps as well. Um, but I thank God for you and your two siblings and um, who they are and what they've become. Mm -hmm. um, I'm mm -hmm. grateful to God for that. I'm also grateful to God that he allowed me to get married again. Uh, your dad, mm -hmm. before he died, mm -hmm. asked that I raise the children to be those who love the Lord mm -hmm. and that they get saved. That was his 
thing two weeks before he died. So, so um, hmm. that was interesting because I, you know, at that time we were young and uh-huh. when thinking of, I knew I wanted to do some things, um, but that was like a, a discussion that we had. Wow. And that I raised you up into the fear and admonition of the Lord. Did that mean you were going to be perfect? No. No. Did no. that mean I was perfect? No. 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 Um, but it did mean that that was his desire gotcha. for both, both, both of you. Um, then, um, can I stop you for one moment? Mm-hmm. Um, you made some valid points. You talked about how you know you made some decisions, and um, I didn't state to the listeners that I'm turning 44 today. You so know. I'm getting up there. Yeah, that's, that's so 44 is a great number. Um, so I'm turning 44 today, and the age difference between us is. 18 years? Mm-hmm. All right, so you're still young. Because if mm-hmm. I'm young and it's only 18 years difference, then you're still young. <laughs> but you brought up some good points. You said that you weren't married when you were pregnant, when you had me. But I heard you say that you got, y'all got, you and dad got married. Mm-hmm. So sometimes even though we make some not so good d- decisions, we often come back and try to fix things and do them in the right way. Mm-hmm. So that was still a good thing. Um, also, you talked about some of the conversations y'all used to have. So that's about the future. He wanted us to be raised the right way and um, make sure we were reared in church mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. And um, I remember him a lot. A lot of people say that I don't because of my age, but I remember a lot of about him um, being very protective, mm-hmm. um, um, teaching me to take care of my sister and, mm-hmm. and watch after her mm-hmm. and things like that. And I don't know if that was because of the lifestyle that he was brought up in or not, but um, those are things that, that I remember about him. I remember him always carrying me on his shoulders mm-hmm. and carrying Kim on his shoulders. And, of course, he was a real muscular guy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was just maybe the pride of, maybe his, the pride of his life for that time. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I didn't say, but um, Ronnie, who was my father, died when I was two weeks away from turning three years old. Um, and I, like I said, I have a lot of memories of him. I even remember the funeral. I remember laying on his chest in the casket. Um, I remember a real high screeching pitch that grandma screamed, and I think that was when she lost her hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, grandma really cared about dad. She was really, really, really crazy about him. Um, the one thing that I can remember also is growing up, uh, and I can only state now what it was, but wanting a sense of identity mm-hmm. uh, because my dad wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm trying to figure out who do I identify with? Do you get what I mean? Like, and I know you could tell the story better, you know, when I talk about identity, you know, like having anger, anger issues at a young age because, um, you know, I didn't know who I was. And I think a lot of um, men, and, and I'll, I'll use women too, but a lot of men, really downplayed the importance of their the voice of a father in the lives of their children. It's paramount. It's the uh, setting things into alignment. It's the setting things into order. Um, and we need it. Children need it. I mean, even now, I think sometimes the roles change where the father needs the, that same affirmation from, from the sons. Mm-hmm. So that, those relationships are, are, that bond is powerful. Um, and I think about, you know, you said, you know, you lost dad at an early age. Um, I remember how you used to pray. He was 23 when he died? 
Mm-hmm. He was twenty. He didn't. What hadn't even turned twenty three. He was twenty two. Right. So it was like a month shy of his birthday. So he was twenty two, and I remember you used to pray, pray, pray for me to make it to 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't remember you praying that hard after I turned 22. <laughs> but I remember you really, really praying, Lord, help him just make it to 22. You got to be careful what you pray for, Mom, you know. No, I think I prayed every day for you to make it. <laughs> it was more so to 22. And I think that was more so the thing that you were, you wanted. You yes. wanted to make it to right. 23 when you're, you know, you wanted to make it past this thing. I did. And it was, I remember the day that you turned um, I cried like a you baby. You cried like a baby yes. at work. At work, and I checked out of work. Yes, said, I think you need to come get him. Yes, yeah. I don't think anybody can really understand that void that's in your life when your dad isn't there. I mean, I remember times I was in New York, and I'd be like, "Man, maybe he's on the next street," and I knew he was dead. Mm-hmm. But it's just you're looking for something to identify with. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you're right. I prayed, and that day I was at work. And I remember I was working at Newkirk's Barbershop, and I called, uh, well, he called you and you came and picked me up. And I don't, this is a good point right here because um, emotions is something that most men feel that they shouldn't express, like crying and things like that. I know we've been told that if you cry, you're a punk. Mm-hmm. Men don't cry. Um, but that's, that's, that's absolutely incorrect. Um, the strength of a man is tears. And tears are a language that God understands. So, um, I cried and no one understood that because internally I knew I had made it, that I had gotten past the point. This is where my dad checked out. And I was able, whether it was a baton that he passed or not, I was able to make it past the part where he didn't make it. So I felt like I could I could create and carve a new path. Um, so with with that void, like, like I was talking about earlier, a lot of times the anger and the frustration for us and I'm speaking for young men comes because there's a sense of um, not being validated, um, rejection, abandonment. Um, and so all those things play into us and all those are also emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, the reason why I'm touching on emotions is because emotions and the lack of emotions has caused a lot of men to make bad choices. Um, there are a lot of diseases that men carry in their bodies because of not expressing themselves or not or feeling like uh, emotions are feminine. One thing I realized that emotions have no gender. They're neither male nor female. Emotions are just that. They're emotions. So with that, do you remember uh, when I was younger, you, and this was, we can come back to this. I used to draw this character named Emo. Mm-hmm. Now, do you realize that was a, a million dollar idea? Mm-hmm. Because now we have emojis. emojis. Emo was a character that I used to draw. Um, and instead of expression, expressing the emotions, I would draw this guy, this graffiti type guy. Mm-hmm. on, And he would have a sad face or a happy mm-hmm. face or mm-hmm. a confused face. It's kind of like I can't see it coming from my eyes, so I'm going to let the picture cry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, you would ask me what was going on, and I would say, I would give you the sheet of paper, and then you knew mm-hmm. what was going on. And um, so, um, yeah, that was a million-dollar idea. We really should have capitalized on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we really should have. But, you know, looking at that point, too, of emotions, um, there were times as a child that you didn't cry. Um, and if you did cry, it was a lot of, you know, tantruming, those kinds of things. 
but I remember there were times that you just kept everything bottled up inside of you. And then you wore this hat that you needed to be this man uh, to take care of me and Kim and be the man in the house and that kind of thing. And all I ever said was, I just want you to grow up, be, be a boy, go through the stages of being a boy. You didn't have to be my husband. You didn't have to be Kim McCarrie's father. Mm-hmm. You just needed to be mm-hmm. BT, grow up, mm-hmm. and, you know, and we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. And even with those emotions going on, you know, it didn't, there were times that there was more things that needed to happen, uh, but we didn't get to that point because the emotions were so deep. And so, um, I think those that came from. I remember this. I don't. I, I think I remember exactly who said. It. I don't want to say his name for the sake of our listeners. But um, one of my uncles told me that I was the man of the house now, mm-hmm. and so I wore that like a badge, mm-hmm. and that um, actually helps lay the foundation for what this show is even all about. Mm-hmm. The man I was, like you said, I just felt like I had to be a man, mm-hmm. and in being a man at an early age, you lose some of those um the the adolescence and some of the uh the rights to be a child Mm -hmm. and for me i just felt like i had to be a man i felt like i had to take care of you i felt like you like you said i had to take care of kim and carrie i felt like i had to be protective and uh, i was just so serious real serious uh a lot of times and um i realized when you act out an adult role at an early age sometimes the little boy comes out later so when I say the man I was, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. The man I was that did on display and the boy I am came out later because some of the decisions I made were, uh, I guess, birthed out of not being able to, it's like the id and the ego, the, the uh, immaturity came out later. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in great relationships, there's still that, you know, guys that didn't grow up, that grew up in great relation. I mean, great homes and mm-hmm. relation, great relationships where their father was there. Later on, you'll see still there's that boy that shows up later on in life. Uh, they call it our midlife crisis, where at age 40, we go back and we want a sports car or a motorcycle or something like that. Um, and with us, you know, as men, there are always these toys that we want. Um, as we get older, the toys get bigger and more expensive. So um, mm-hmm. that's the framing of the show. The man I was mm-hmm. and the boy I am. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that I am a boy now. I'm just saying that some of the things that I missed by taking on a, 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 the role of a man or the man of the house kind of made it difficult for me to celebrate and enjoy being a boy. Mm-hmm. So then the role reversed. It remixed itself and it was switched around. So... That's pretty much where the framework of this show even comes from. And I know there are a lot of young men out there who didn't have fathers in their home, and I know you probably suffer from some of the same symptoms that we're talking about. You know, by, Because by nature, most men are protectors. Um, it's the way that we were designed, it's, designed, it's our makeup, it's, it's how we were, uh, again, created and built. But I want to free you today um, if you're dealing with that. You don't have to be a man. That's not your responsibility. Get in touch with your emotions from the standpoint of understanding what are, what's good, what's bad, what's healthy, what's not healthy. Um, because what happens is later on in life, when it shows up, 
and you're not expecting it. Some of the choices that you will make will uh, affect you for the rest of your life. So um, in, in stating that, I want to talk about um, how you were with us when we were younger. Um, how at, by age eight, you taught us how to wash, how to dry, how to fold clothes. You taught us how to cook dinner. We had each had a week that we had to cook our meals and um, had dinner and chores and all that type of stuff. And I heard you say some things about, you know, you wanted to be the best and you don't know. And I know, of course, we're all our worst critics. But I think you did a phenomenal job. I mean, I don't think you did a phenomenal job. I know you did a phenomenal job. Because right now there are a lot of children that are age 16, 13 that don't even do that. You had us doing that at eight years old, and you made us a unit within ourselves. Man, that sort of sounds like a labor law there. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know. It was, uh, <laughs> well, I don't I know the statute of limitations right, on it. <laughs> but if it is a labor law uh, issue, then, hey, we're well out was, of that statute. <laughs> it was the, the stages of development that you learn how to, your responsibilities do mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And, again, it's not a thing where you're perfect, but you learn that you have to take care of your things in the right. home and um you know so the ideas of doing the chores and right. doing this and doing that and cutting the grass and mm-hmm. then learning how to be creative thinking mm-hmm. and cutting the grass or mm-hmm. cooking a meal and knowing that you're going to cook the same meal each day <laughs> yeah mine was meatloaf meat that was it Somebody else was being very creative and doing everything else. Right. And somebody else was macaroni and cheese. And, Kim, yeah. Yeah. So it was that yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah, it was the responsibilities and learning that. And do those level off at times? Yeah. You know, but it was that stage of, of learning. So, yeah, I think that was. And then even becoming the barber mm-hmm. at, was it 11 or 12? 11 years, years old. When you were had your own barber <clears throat> shop out of right. the, the carport. carport. Yeah, yeah. Had guys okay. coming over. It's another labor law. <laughs> another labor law. Yeah, you can be in trouble by the time, by the end of this interview. <laughs> but anyway, the whole idea of just encouraging your skills. Right. Uh, and and that's you. You to you know just you always do encourage that, encourage the skills. Uh, you always encourage us. You know, so even if and for the men to come over and just sit in a chair and let you, you know, mm-hmm. play with or cut their hair. Right. You know, or to you know to let you explore your your gifts and talents was good too. So that was good. Even learning how to be an entrepreneur at an early age. Yeah. And so all of you took on these different talents and skills, and we may have had a lot of different things going on around the house, but mm-hmm. we were exploring each one of your skills as we did that. And that was definitely something something that you always did. You always encouraged us to be creative. Um, Back then, of course, you couldn't tell us that we weren't rich because of the creativity. It just felt like our household was rich, mm-hmm. and, I, and I definitely feel that it was. But the other thing is you always encouraged me to use my words versus punching holes in walls um, or kicking something or tossing something. You always, always would say, BT, use your words, mm-hmm. and that would stop me, calm me down, and make me have to communicate. And I think that's why today communication is important to me. I like to know what people are thinking around me. If I'm involved with somebody, I want to know what's going on. Um, and I've, you know, it also helped me to be more direct and just let people know exactly how I feel, which, I mean, sometimes it frees me up and it may affect the other person, but I like to be able to express myself and walk away without feeling burdened by 
you know, carrying things with me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, thank you for that as well. Because a, a lot of kids aren't, don't have a voice and they don't have the opportunity to express themselves. And sometimes even in, I know back then, at least with uh, grandparents, if you expressed yourself, that was talking back and that was disrespect. So being able to have the opportunity to express us, ourselves or for me to express myself and use my words and even teaching me, you know, um, instead of using uh, bad words, there's a dictionary. Use other words to replace that. So I just was like, all right, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to learn the whole dictionary and just go through and start reading the dictionary. Because, you know, now I'm going to turn it up. Since you said I need to read the dictionary, I'm going to go above and beyond. So uh, let me ask you something. All the things that I stated about, um, you know, by age eight, you had us doing this, you know, meal preps and you had us washing, folding, drying, and ironing our clothes, setting our stuff out for the week. Um, this is a question that I, I'm going to ask um, different moms. Would you date the boy that you raise? And make sure you understand it in context. Are you raising a young man that is going to be suitable, a suitable mate for someone else? Because if you've already started to instill the things that make him independent, like washing, drying, folding his clothes, ironing, cooking, then when he gets involved with someone else, those things are already taken care of. A lot of times, like now, I see young men who they don't make up their beds. Okay, that was another thing. We had to have our beds made up. Um, We had to have our rooms clean. We couldn't go anywhere for the weekend if we hadn't done our chores. So would you date the young man that you raised? Interesting. And do you understand where I'm coming? Like, the did you raise a young man that someone would want to date, or either, um, you know, that someone would want to be involved with, that they would find those things uh, good traits? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the question. That's just that's the question. I mean, you don't have to necessarily answer. It's a mm-hmm. question that's on the floor, but. Um, and if, if so, that's a good thing. If not, then what we have to do is start going back to uh, training young men to be suitable mates for the young ladies. Because there are a lot of young guys that I see now. And, of course, I have three daughters. I'm very selective on who I would want to date them. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about an era where there are not many men in the homes. And mm-hmm. so if the moms are raising them, we got to make sure that we're sending the message that we want to raise young men who are suitable mates for the women in their, later on in their lives. And I know that was kind of abstract, maybe not even part of what we were talking <laughs> about, but it came to my mind while we were talking. Well, uh, I think as you look at that, though, you think about um, if, you, if you don't ever really address the social emotional concerns in your life, then you're not really giving yourself the best that you can give yourself as you go along, whether at any age, you know, mm-hmm. whether you, you're 75 and still trying to figure out who you are as a man or a woman or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or not dealing with relationships at mm-hmm. all. Uh, and I think um, that's something that we all have to look at is our relationships mm-hmm. with not just our family, but with others, because right. we're all connected. Every one of us is connected to somebody else, mm-hmm. and that makes a difference uh, in just in how things are going. I think even 
when the fingers put on certain areas that we have to address that those are things that we we need to be conscious of and and, and look at those um, and I think there's if anything I would say if you're looking for a mate um, that you also need to look for healing inside yourself absolutely before in all honesty if you can before that mm -hmm. but if not definitely during that time mm -hmm. look for the healing and not only look for the healing but go with it with all your heart so that you're you can be better in, in your relationships and if you have stumbled then pick yourself back up and do better and the purpose of this podcast is to deal with healing that's one of the main purposes deal with healing from the aspect of man and boy so um I want to go back to a thought that I had. Um, you talked about me being a man and being responsible or thinking that I was a man anyway. Do you, I remember this story. Um, <laughs> this guy uh, would come over to the house, and I guess he was trying to date you or something. He would always come, when he would come over, he would always ask you to come outside. Do you remember that? No. Do you, you don't remember? Okay. Well, and I, I apologize for the... <laughs> Well, I'll put it like this. I remember that, and I remember um, he would come, and he would, you would always have to go outside. So I came outside to the car, mm -hmm. and I knocked on the glass, and I said, hey, man, if you want to date my mom, you need to start coming in the house because my mom isn't going to be coming out here in the car. You need to treat her with respect, and I walked back in the house. Now, you remember that? Uh -uh. You don't remember that. I don't want to say his name again. Um, but... <laughs> That might been may have been inappropriate in some cases. Uh, in this case, I don't know if it was, but I got away with. I really, really thought I was a man. Like I really took on the whole persona of being a man. And, and when that happened, well, he didn't come around anymore. Needless to say, he didn't come around anymore. I think that might have been the last date. I think y'all saw each other out a couple of times, but he didn't come around anymore. Um, I think that also, if 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 that is the case. Um, is the fact too that as a mother or as a woman raising children that it's important that we also set good standards mm -hmm. for how what we're saying that our words aren't saying one thing and our actions saying something else but that at some point you're doing what you what you're telling your kid and if those were the things that were happening then Again, that was a finger on something. Okay, that needs to be corrected because right. you can't keep doing that and right. say this. Right. You know, you can't say, "Don't do this, son," but you're doing it yourself. Mm -hmm. So the correction has to come in and be willing to be corrected. So, uh, thank you for correcting me on that tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, you used to tell me when I would go pick up my date to make sure I go inside, greet her parents and all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was a little bit like, okay, well, shoot. He, he didn't get the same training that you were giving me. Because yeah. he always wanted to make you come outside and everything. And I just, I, I didn't agree with it. I had a problem with it. So, yeah, that was that man thing. Okay. So anyways, another thing. I just, I was in prepping for this podcast. And this episode is going to be different from all the rest of them. Because I just felt there was a need to at least lay a foundation for who I am first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Uh, for people to understand where I come from and um, why my experiences shape me to think the way that I think. And um, like I said, it's just bringing the, this, this vehicle back to the manufacturer. Um, I remember a gift that you gave me for graduation. Do you remember what you gave me, book that you gave me? Uh, it was a book from uh, 
Oh, yeah. I don't remember the title, but I remember the book because we used to read it. Dr. Seuss, All the Places That oh, You Will Go. And it was another one. It was another one, too. I, I, that one was uh, The Giving Tree. Yes. The Giving Tree. Um, to deal with Dr. Seuss, All the Places You Will Go. All the Places You Will Go is a story that, that just talks about you can do anything you want to do. You can be anything you want to be. And I just think it was appropriate when you gave it to me. Um, some kids' parents were giving them, you know, money and cars and all that type of stuff. And whether it was financially feasible or not, mm -hmm. the value of that book to me, and I still have it too, mm -hmm. the value of that book to me uh, meant the same, if not more, than the friend of mine who got $300 or got a car uh, or got a trip somewhere. Mm -hmm. Because it spoke to me from the standpoint of you saw me being able to do whatever I wanted to do, to be able to go wherever I wanted to go. Um, and the other book you gave me, The Giving Tree, was a book actually to help me to understand to not overgive. Because I think you in, in the book it talks about this tree who gives everything until it only has a stump. Mm -hmm. And um, the message I got from that was, you know, to not overgive. Um, you saw me as a giver and, you know, seeing maybe people take advantage of things in relationships. So that's what I got out of that. And I, I like that about you because you always taught almost like uh, in parables. It was maybe you knew you couldn't get to me one way, but you always found a way to try to reach me. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like the song by Marvin Sapp, uh, You Saw the Best of Me, mm. uh, when everyone else around could only see the worst. And so, Mom, I, I really thank you for that. Um, because now to this day, you know, everybody thinks I'm arrogant because of you. <laughs> I guess that's a good thing in a way, you know, uh, I think the reminder of all that is the fact that, um, there was a surrender to give you back to the Lord because he was the one that, oh man, you. don't talk about that. Yeah. Oh man. And you know, that's another whole journey. Oh whole man. Discussion. Listen, we're going to that now, but. Uh, oh no, no, no. I'm going to touch that one a little bit. So yeah. I would get in trouble and mom would come in and say, I'm giving you back to the Lord. And I'd be like, Oh no, don't give me back, no, to, God. Don't give me back <laughs> to God. But that was what, you know, was all I knew because he, he, well, was, that was a fear that I had though. Yeah. Of God, and he I don't was know. The if husband, he was the father. He was the man. Right. Uh, you know, after I gave my heart back to him fully, uh, until he brought another man into our lives for that I married, and now Pamela Hines Orr. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's so, here with us. Yes. Um. So another thing that just stands out to me is that you never spoke negative about me all around me you always spoke positively um it's like you always try to understand me um even when i failed you would always say i was the best uh, that i was greater than anyone you've ever seen and all those things that you put you placed in me a faith that made me feel like i could do anything i set my mind to do um and oftentimes you know sometimes it seems like we might go away from that, but that voice uh, brings me to a, a, a passage of scripture where train up a child in a way that he should go, and when he's mm -hmm. old, he will not depart from it. When I ch researched and looked and dug into it a little bit more, the word tr train up means initiate in the path. Mm -hmm. So 
that's one thing that you you placed in me and even when i'm looking for have looked for a suitable mate i've looked for that type of woman who could speak those type of things because what i realize now that's become that has become my word my love language excuse me words of affirmation is 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 my love language um there's a book out called five love languages um but that's it talks about five different languages and one of them is is words of affirmation so thanks for always affirming me for always like i said seeing the best of me for always thinking the best about me um that that meant a lot that is all that is giving me a sense of uh, just that i can do whatever i want to do and also a sense of even with that also comes the need of correction and recognizing as a parent that it is important to correct um, to encourage but also to correct behaviors and to know set some standards um, in the home mm-hmm. and so I think those were some of the things um, that we worked at mm-hmm. and we did it as a family because mm-hmm. we depended upon each other mm-hmm. not just not just the sibling you know you and me and, and, and your siblings but you and me and the whole family mm-hmm. to raise you know right. and to and to get you know do whatever and again that's looking at the the boy growing up or the young man who felt like he had to be the man of the house right. growing up as a boy mm-hmm. um, but knowing that that was a transition yeah you know for what needed what god is doing what god still is doing in mm-hmm. the midst. Um, and i guess if anything and i can always say that i'm gonna always go back to god because that's the only voice really that I know that mm-hmm. that gives me what I know is important um, so that we are doing what we need to do and what we should be doing even if it's not what we are doing right there's another um, quote that comes to my mind this was by Frederick Douglass powerful quote and it reads um, it is easier to build strong children than it is to repair broken men it is easier to build strong children than it is to repair broken men and where we are in society now, if we don't, as men, take our proper place back um, and train up our children at an early age, by the time they get to my age, they, they will have, and, and some earlier, because there's a sense of quote-unquote entitlement right now that exists, and there's a culture of it that exists right now that, you know, a lot of people uh, necessarily don't want to recognize, but they're allowing their children to walk in that entitlement where they somewhat... They, feel like someone owes them um but i say that it's 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 easier to build strong children because right now we have the opportunity with our children um to direct them the way they need to go and to steer them the way that they need to go Um, when i think about my own children i mean i spent uh, a lot of time with them and um i definitely you know uh not just i know being a dad and being a, a man is a difficult job but um, there was fun times, but then there was also time of correction. And um, a lot of times right now, you know, sometimes people don't want to be corrected. Children don't want to be corrected. And um, love shouldn't be hidden. Love is, correction is love. And so when we correct children, you know, when we're corrected as men, it's, it's setting an order for how things are supposed to be done. And so, um, again, in line with the, with the thank yous, I thank you for setting that order. I thank you for uh, correcting me, and I thank you for building me as a strong uh, child so that I could be a stronger man. 
And even with all the shortcomings, pitfalls, and even successes in my life, I feel like um, having the foundation that I had um, was very, very important for me being the dad that I became. Um, I know that it's tough for a woman to raise a son to be a man, and a lot of women have to do it, even with nothing but you know what they have. But I'm just I'm really, really thankful that you took the time to learn each of us, not just myself, uh, Kim and Carrie, and found out what worked for each of us individually uh, as well as collectively. So I'm just I'm I'm thankful to have lived in a home for where number one there was love. There was affection, because that was another thing that, that we'll get to as, um, as we start unpacking man, affection. You know, like I love to kiss my sons. Uh, of course, they don't want me to kiss them now, but, you know, I love kissing my sons. I love showing affection to my daughters. And with the daughters, like, I guess when they get to a certain age, you can't do that anymore either. But um, affection is important because it's an emotion. And even now, like I said, starting off the series, uh, you call me from time to time and you'll just say, you know what? Hey, I was just thinking about you. I just want you to let you know I love you. So those things are kind of still builders into the relationship because I know, you know, I know you have a busy schedule. I've got a busy schedule. But you still take the time out to do that. So thanks again for that, Mom. Um, when I think about men, I think about placeholders, stakeholders, um, rites of passage. I think about how we are the initiators for everything that goes on, how we are to set the pace, the temperature, how we are to set the mark, how we are to set the goal. And um, I do realize that not just in, in the African-American culture, but in a lot of cultures, some of those, uh, some of those marks have been missed. And it's really a passion of mine now to just make sure that whether it's my children or someone else's children that we are responsible for everything that happens and everything that that we do and everything that we do has a domino effect on on the children that are watching us because whether we know it or not we're always being watched and i thank you for letting me know uh even in scripture that uh when i was a child i spoke as a child i thought as a child and in line with what we're talking about right now, there are certain things that, that you said earlier that, you know, I realized I didn't have the verbiage to express the things that I wanted to say. I didn't have the language. Um, but what you gave me was a, a sense of value, a sense of worth. And, um, you know, there are a lot of good moms out there. There are a lot of great dads. And I don't want to forsake the households that have both. I definitely don't want to say that. I don't want to rob them of what they what they bring to the community because I think marriage and family are a gift to the community um, but I definitely want to speak to the young men who feel like they're out here on their own mm. and um, I feel like that if my story is one that could be told and could be shared that other people can understand that they're not alone that it's a bigger picture than just one man on the island it's bigger than the isolation that we put ourselves in so um, that's what this podcast is all about it's about examining ourselves as men. It's about um, refining ourselves. It's about re being repurposed, and it's about being restored. So I know that I, again, have made some, some blunders, have made some mistakes. Um, in all of that, I just, I'm thankful that I have 
a mom, a person, a parent in my life that continues to love me, continues to look past all of those things and still see me as your son. That's what I was talking about in the beginning when I talked about the king, the man, the son, and the father. Um, I never lose my position as son, regardless of what I do. As kings, we're created, and that's before we even come, in, come into the earth. As man, we're born, and as sons, we are positioned, but as fathers, and that's the most important thing right now for me, fathers, we are responsible. That's our responsibility, and that's what I take very serious. Um, so thank you, big time, thank you. I'm glad that I can spend this, um, this day with you on my birthday. Glad that we had this date. Glad that we could um, just really have this conversation, so an open conversation. Hmm? Our public date. Our public date, mm-hmm. yeah. Because remember, I used to take you out when I, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I remember when we went to, to a concert. Yep, and yeah. you was standing up on the chair yeah. acting like, yeah. I was having a good time. Yeah, you had a real good time. Yeah. It was uh. It was a one in a million. Larry Graham. Yeah. Um. Earth, wind, and fire. Yeah. And I can't remember who else it was. I don't know, but I was having a ball. And if the church folk would have seen you there, because yeah, you were a deaconess then too, right? Okay. So yeah, I you'd have been kicked off the board. So we got labor yeah. laws. No, we got no, uh, no. being expelled from the church. No, you, you need to stop. <laughs> You need to stop. The bottom line is we were enjoying ourselves. We enjoyed ourselves. As a mom and and, and son, and it it was fun and just to get out. And also to recognize the fact that, yes, there have been, um, that in in our journey Mm -hmm. as as a mom and, 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 and kids, that we, there was always one thing that was stable. Mm-hmm. It might not have been a visible thing that everybody saw, but it was stable that God was always there. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that he is and always will be a present help. Right. And he is and always is going to be there. Um, and that much I do know. And I trust in him to do whatever else he has to do in our lives mm-hmm. and through our lives. And so I'm happy that you're celebrating 44 years 44 i'm happy also years that young. god kept you yes that he's going to keep you that mm-hmm. he's going to order your steps to do even more things mm-hmm. that he's going to repurpose and redefine oh yeah things in your life yes um it's starting today and that he's going to do some more things in all of us so mm-hmm. i'm grateful that you wanted me here absolutely um, that you wanted me to be the woman that you Hung out with first thing. Um, My really, old lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't say your old lady. Your uh, lady. Term of endearment. Okay, we'll go with term My, of no, endearment. I didn't say old. Okay. I said old. O-L-E, not O-L-D. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you said O-L-D. I no, was no, no. O-L-E. Okay, so. Let me ask yeah, you this. Okay. Let me ask you this, this last question. I, I think it's going to be, this is, we're church folks, so this is our first closing, okay? Okay. All right, so um, what would you say with everything that we've talked about? Um, what would you say about the man that I've become today? I mean, with all my, I mean, I messed up some stuff, Mom. I mean, I really messed up some stuff. What would you say about the man that I've become? Uh, the father that I am. Um, and the son that you raised. That's three different things. Man, son, father, doesn't matter the order. But what would you say in speaking to those three things? I think in all of them, that it has been a process, mm-hmm. um, that it has been 
uh, journey. Um, first of all, son, that you are created by God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some might say all of that, all that women know how to say is something about <laughs> that's God. How you, that's all you um, raised us But on. the bottom line is you were, you were created by God. Mm -hmm. um, fearfully and wonderfully made. Not that you were perfect, but fearfully mm -hmm. and wonderfully made by God. And that he gave you an opportunity to be a father. Uh, you have some beautiful children. Thank you. Um, they all look and, like me. Yeah, they do look a lot like <laughs> They're, they're, I'm yeah. joking. They have beautiful mothers too. So, uh, and also the fact that um, God has given you lots of gifts mm -hmm. and talents. Thank you. And to use for His glory. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and also to bring in some revenue. To, mm -hmm. You know, do things that you need to be doing. Right. Um, and then the other thing that He's giving you that I thought was one of the neatest things that you did as a kid was when you started cutting grass I mean, mm -hmm. you had to cut grass but mm -hmm. the fact that you cut grass and you cut design in the grass so you were out there cutting different designs in our grass and letting the grass grow up to a certain height so that you could put a design in it mm -hmm. i always thought that was very creative <laughs> the fact that you came up with this idea of mm -hmm. doing this and god showed you how to do it but also couldn't really argue the fact that the grass was getting too high because you were going to make this, you know, make this design for the dimension, for right. the dimensions, yeah, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I think the creativity and that you have creative children, yes, and that you have creative. creative, that that creation is in you, that God mm -hmm. created that inside of you. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that I want to say in every area is again, it's a journey, mm -hmm. and that. God knew his plan for your life. Mm -hmm. And he continues to know his plan for your life. And I'm excited about what, you, what you're doing, how you explore different things, how you tap into every resource that you can, and uh, how you don't seem to be afraid to try stuff. Mm -hmm. You know? Thank you. Uh, even if you fail in it. Mm -hmm. You haven't failed in that area that you haven't tried. At least you tried it. Um, and that's always a good thing. So I'm Thank excited you. about that. Um, I know there's more for both of us to learn mm -hmm. and more for us both to do, but I'm just really grateful um, for that opportunity and most of all for grace. Yes. For the G-R-A-C-E, mm -hmm. whether it's in, um, and that's important, whether it's in a name mm -hmm. or it is in, in, uh, in our Christ. Mm -hmm. But I thank you. I thank God for that grace. Yeah. Uh, and so for that, thank you for allowing me to be here tonight. Thank you for coming today for mm -hmm. your birthday. Thank you that I was the first person to be able to say happy birthday to you. Well, thank you. Uh, thank on you. this day, and uh, that uh, there's more to come. The mm -hmm. best is yet to come. There's more that God has to do. Um, and for those who are listening. Just know that there is a time and place, a purpose for your life, uh, that God will do even greater things. Um, and it is to me about God, and all that I do is about Him, even in the mistakes and things that I go through or have experienced or will experience. And I still trust God that He's going to help me, that in all things, that all things work together for the good to them who love the Lord and called according to His purpose. And so it might not be the best but it's going to work for my good. Um, it's going to work for my good. It's going to work for your good as it is going to work 
continually for your good. So thank, thank you, you for this opportunity. Happy birthday to you today, because if you've seen a new day, it's a birthday. It's Amen. another day to celebrate. So yep. happy birthday. Yep. And to that, one in a million. <laughs> what do you think? I think that's good. I think so, too. So I guess since I pulled my car into the repair and the maintenance shop, you don't have to give me a bill because I'm going to go ahead and pull my car out. Oh, and I'm it's leave. on credit, right? It's on credit, yeah. right. Yeah. I, I, remember, I can never pay enough. What was the song you used to sing? For the nine months I carried you? No charge. No charge? Mm -hmm. All right. And, you, and I can God never pay enough glory. to God be glory? Uh -huh. Right, right. So, yeah. And one in a million. Right, right. and one in a million. We got to get you back at a Larry Graham concert. <laughs> we, gotta, we have to. We have to. <laughs> we have to just celebrate. That's just it. Learn to celebrate life that, every day. That's a good point, too, because that was something that you definitely taught us. Celebrate. You used to wake up in the morning. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord. Early in the morning. Early in the morning. And oh, I didn't rise, even, shine, give God rise, the shine, give God. Oh, and oh, then yeah. the other thing. Oh, I didn't man, even yeah. bring this out. And I know we're wrapping up. Yep, we're going to close. But yep. the most, one of the most important things that you gave me was 5 a.m. prayer. That's a legacy that you passed down that I can't even get away from, even if I wanted to. Thank you so much for that. Being able to get up at 5 and 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 have prayer 5 a.m quiet time where it's just me learning now how to meditate and focus and discipline myself man there's nothing like that getting up and seeing you pray and just sitting there and listening to you man that was that was rich that I was rich seeing my mom do that as well it's praying and seeing her on her knees praying mm -hmm. and crying out to god for mm -hmm. different things right. and that just set a standard that you seek him yes. you go to him mm -hmm. and so that you know that's important and that's something i still do even if i maybe if i'm too lazy to even get up out of bed 5 a.m it's like clockwork i'm up i'm gonna pray i'm gonna have my quiet time mm. and that's just it well i guess we need to go get some cake or something uh i'm laying off the sweets for right now oh me too but i got this goal i'm, I'm working on cake, yeah you know? Or ice cream. Well, or maybe I, I have a friend that can do us a vegan a vegan cake. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So less calories, no dairy, no animal products. Oh. Okay. That's a pitch too. I mean, we might be able to get some sponsorship from this since we talk about the vegan lifestyle. This is the day <laughs> that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made. So I will rejoice and be glad in it. Rejoice. Okay. The man I was, the boy I am. Hopefully, you all got something out of this show. There'll be more to come. I definitely wanted to have this first uh, initial series one, episode one, all about my birthday, all about my mom, all about my cake, <laughs> and um, we'll see you on the next episode.